This is Power Players with Dan Clark. Hey, welcome to Power Players with Dan Clark. What an honor it is for me to be the guy, the go-to guy to interview our student-athletes at the University of Utah. Last season, we had some of the most extraordinary human beings who happen to be athletes in that order that I've ever met, young men and young women, student-athletes at the University of Utah. And today is no exception. We have one of the finest young men I've asked around. His reputation off the field equals his reputation on the field. And uh, the first question as we talk to Money Parks is, is that your call sign, man? I mean, we Maverick Top Gun, we got Cougar, we got, we got Iceman, we, get, we got Rooster. Is, is, is that the coolest name on the planet, or what is your real name? We want to know. <laughs> My real name is actually Montarian Parks, but I go by money. Absolutely. When did you get that nickname? I was like two years old. My father gave it to me. It's not because his first play as a receiver at the University of Utah was 2021 against the University of Southern California, and your very first catch as a U was a 12-yard touchdown. And on Saturday night against Florida, the very first play of this season went to number 10, Money Parks, across the middle. You were so awesome. What a way to start the season. So I used to have one of my offices in Hearst. Hearst? Yeah. The lady who was uh, assistant principal of L.D. Bell High School was the lady who ran my office, so I'm kind of familiar with Fort Worth. So tell me, you, you went to two different schools. What's, what's All Saints High School? I looked that up, and that sounds pretty fascinating. All Saints. It's an Episcopal school, like a private school. And I also went to Alito High School. Yeah. Were they in the same league or different, uh, different no, parts Alito of Alito High Worth? School was a public school, and uh, All Saints was like a private school. And which one did you like best? Alito. Uh, and why was that? I won state titles there. Yeah. So you also ran track. What did you run in track? I ran 100 for about once and all the relays. So what was your best time in the 100? I ran 10.5 uh, my junior year, but I didn't get a senior because of COVID. Oh, my gosh. Oh, my gosh. Let's talk about that. <laughs> so you're an athlete, and they shut down your school? Yeah, they shut down school, and I was coming into Utah in 2022 as well. So, Had you already committed? Yes, I did. I committed my junior year. Oh, wow. So did you get recruited as, a, as an athlete? I did. Did you play any other sports? Uh, you're so athletic, you could have played any of them, but you just focused on football and track? Uh, pretty much. I played basketball my freshman year, but then after that, just straight football and track. Yeah. So what other schools came knocking on your door? <clears throat> a lot of schools. I had pretty much, I had like three schools from Texas, and I had pretty much everything in the Pac-12 besides SC. Yeah. Why did you decide to come to Utah? Make us proud, baby. It was a view. <laughs> I got out here off, off the plane coming from Texas, flatland, seeing the mountains, and it was snowing. Oh, my gosh. No kidding. So, you know, we're, we have a lot of fans around here of Britton Covey. <clears throat> who was kind of the first guy in Utah history who was smaller, fast, big old heart, competitive edge on his shoulder. And 
after the game on Saturday, everybody says, it's the new Britton Covey. It's Money Parks. He is here to stay. So how, did, how have you dealt with being an undersized speedster in a game that seems to just get bigger and bigger guys playing? Uh, I don't know. I've been playing the game since I was three years old. So, like, going out there and playing and making plays is, like, something I've been doing. Nothing new. Strong Auto Group is the proud sponsor of this episode, supporting University of Utah student-athletes. Living in Texas, what were you going to say? Everybody, everything in Texas is so like, big? Yeah. <laughs> like, in high school, it was a big thing. Friday Night Lights, our whole town was shut down just for a high school game. So. How many fans would come to one of your games? I'll say uh, Little High School hold about, like, what, 5,000 people. So wow. It was pretty packed every game. And so what were some of the other schools by name that were in your league? By lane. I'll say, like, our favorite, like, team to play was probably going to play DeSoto or something like that. Was that a Catholic school or no? No. No, public still school. public school. All mm-hmm. public schools. So tell us about how you prepare for a game. So do you, as a receiver, how do you get the competitive advantage against – you know, shut down corner, a nickel package. Teach us, those of us who don't understand the, uh, the offensive strategies, teach us about how you prepare to get the competitive advantage. I just say you, oh, you take many hours watching film, watching their tendencies, watching what they do well, what they do worse, like what they do bad. And you're just reading coverages, changing plays, going over them, seeing how our plays will affect certain defense they run. So how do you get a competitive advantage on a on a shutdown corner? So if Clark Phillips was was on you, head up, man on man, what would you do <clears throat> to uh, get the competitive edge? Uh, just use speed, speed releases, and just uh, be more competitive. He's going to get his, I'm going to get mine. have to have that attitude that he, yeah, sure. you're not going to win them all and he's not going to win them all. Sure. So who's your hero growing up? My hero is my dad, for sure. That's so cool. Why? Uh, he did so much for me. He showed me how to play this game of football. He was my coach until I got all the way up to high school. So I can't say nobody else. Is he affectionately called Monk? Correct. Yeah, I looked that up. What a cool name. <laughs> and you have one brother. Yeah, Kingston. Is he older or younger? He's younger. He's a baby. Is he an athlete, too? He is. Really? So let's be honest. Don't be humble. Is he, is he as good as you? Come on, baby. I say he's good. He's going to be better than me for sure. He's taller than me for sure. So who would be a, a player that you would idolize that you think you're a lot like in the NFL, a lot like in maybe in college football, former player? You know, is that okay to compare you with Britton Covey just because he he refused to take, you know, he, he, he really refused to, to take a fair catch. It seemed like he just wanted a shot every time, and he didn't care. You're a lot taller than him, by the way. A lot bigger than him. Uh, I won't say. I mean, his game is completely different. He was more in the slot, yeah. shifty too. I'm, I'm on the outside. I play a little bit in the slot. So, I don't. I like. I love Covey game. I was his roommate throughout the season. So, really, I love Covey. Yeah, he's an interesting kid. So, tell us about how that play unfolded at the, the first play of the game against Florida. So, you came from the right side. And was it just a crossing pattern? Was it just a, a post? What was it? Uh, it was just like a streak, pretty much. It was running straight to the middle, meet the ball. So you knew at the break of the huddle that it was coming to you? I won't say I knew at the break of the huddle, but, like, 
right then when we seen the rotations, it looked just like practice. I figured the safety would go down to Vele. And he did. But that was a tough catch you made. There were hands in your eyes, and you still concentrated. Teach us how you do that. How do, how do you increase your concentration? What, what kind of drills would you do before the game ever starts to really you know, teach you how to focus and eliminate the distractions? Because you could have dropped that, and everybody would have said, well, yeah, that was a tough catch to make. But you made it. Uh, I don't say. I say we, every day after practice, we get on the jug as a team. As a receiver core, so like we put in many hours of catching balls before practice and after practice. So I just say it's just a credit of putting in time and effort. So practice with hands in your face, distractions. Maybe somebody puts the pads on and hits your shoulders before you catch. Sure. Wow. So what do you do to get mentally ready for the game? Do you have like a little routine? Do you eat something special every time? Do you listen to certain kind of music? What do you do? And, and when does it start? Game time. So we had a game. We had a kickoff at 6 p.m. against Florida. What did you do when you woke up? We woke up. We had breakfast. Uh, we had a team walk, and then we had just like team walkthroughs and position walkthroughs and stuff like that. But after that, it's like we get team flexes. It's, op- it's optional. So like I chose to go get stretched out and things like that. And then I'll sit back in the hotel. We'll wait until team dinner. I just listen to music, watch ESPN, not focus too much on the game, and like just try to be relaxed. And then as soon as after like the, we have our team dinner, that's when it's like max focus on the game. It's that's when your heart starts to pound a little bit more. And yes, it's on the way to the stadium, riding on the bus. Absolutely. So you return kicks. I did. You did. Did you return any on on uh, oh, I didn't, on Saturday I didn't, night? You didn't. I didn't see no, you I didn't number return. ten back there. Yeah. But you did last year, right? Three or so, mm-hmm. six, something. What's your favorite thing, being a receiver or being a kick return? Being a receiver, for sure. And why is that? Uh, it's less less punishment, for sure. <laughs> you could get lit up on a kickoff, as for dang sure, in a punt. So if you uh, – so so you mentioned that, that you know when you got off the plane and – Texas is so flat, you can sit on your front porch and watch your dog run away for three and a half days. And you saw the mountains, and it was snowing. But talk about the culture. Talk about the people. Uh, the people, is, it's different from, from where I'm from, from where I'm from, Texas. But, like, I enjoy it. It's, like, a fun place to be here. And, like, I have nothing bad to say about Utah or anything like that. So I have a wonderful time since I've been here. Yeah, and you've been here three – this three is going years. on your third year. Yes, sir. Very cool. So you're good enough to play in the NFL. Do you keep those dreams alive? For sure, always. With your dream Very as cool. a little kid. Absolutely. So that's got to be one of your highlight uh, clips that you're going to put in your highlight film right there, the catch in that first pass. What was that, a 70-something, 73-yard? No, I think so. I don't know. Oh, I bet you do. Like, 73 you and a quarter. <laughs> <laughs> so what, what's your favorite kind of music? I'm more of a rap person. Like who? Like little baby. Oh yeah. Mm-hmm. What's your favorite kind of food? Soul food. Like what? Green eyed peas, uh, collard greens. Come on, man. Yeah. So like candy yams. Oh yeah. Uh, mashed potatoes. Uh, what's that? Green beans. Uh, spinach. We got so much. Any restaurants? And when I played, uh, there was a soul food restaurant 
that all of us used to go to. It was right there on Main Street. I don't even know if they exist anymore. So are you a pretty good cook? You can cook it up yourself or what? Oh, I can cook pretty well, for sure. But, like, I say the best soul food is coming from my granny. <laughs> my granny cooked it. It's nothing best. Nothing is she better. in Texas? Yes. Have they come to a game yet? Uh, they have. They came last year? Last year. Very cool. And the whole family will be there next, uh, next week in Baylor, you know, okay. in Texas. Oh, yeah, absolutely. This episode of Power Players with Dan Clark is brought to you by Strong Auto Group one of the greatest supporters of the University of Utah student-athletes. So how do you prepare for Baylor? So you, you, you focus just one full week on a team, and then you have to let go and start right after the shoots, right? Right after the game. Right after the game. Yeah, they played yesterday. We got a, a jump on them. We got to watch them at home. Oh, yeah. Did you gather as a team, or did you just kind of watch it as individuals? Well, it's like some people on the team got together and watched. I don't know about everybody, but like, I know like me and my couple of friends, we got to watch the game together. So. Very cool. So who's uh, who's an, a player in the NFL that you idolize? Stephon Diggs. And who does he play for? The Vikings. I don't know that name. And is he a wideout? Is he a wide receiver? Who? Stephon Diggs. Yeah. Oh, and he doesn't play for the Vikings anymore. He plays for the Bills. I'm sorry. He oh yeah. He's a receiver. Okay. Yes. And why do you idolize him? I love the way he competes in his route running. Yeah, these these answers like somebody's asked you these all before. You're so sharp, man. So when you say you like the way he runs his routes, okay, teach teach the average soul tuned in. What does that mean? So like his demeanor, like the way he comes off the ball, the way he runs to make himself look like he's running faster than what he really is, the way he stops on a dime, get out of cuts in three steps. Things like that. So you idolize that, and then you go out and work to try and be exactly like that. that. Very cool. So when you came into uh, to Utah, <clears throat> what was your first uh, experience like joining the team? Did huh. they? Did you seem kind of shy and reserved and very humble, very cool, very confident all at the same time? But yeah, I'm always a laid back guy. I'm not a man of many words. I don't yeah. say too much. Not to do it, it's trying to stand out or anything like that. I understand, man. So, what uh, <clears throat> what do you do if you drop a pass? Uh, you just got to move on from it. Live, live to play another play. So, if a if a teammate dropped a key pass in the game, what do you say to him? Keep your head Is up. Is it your next responsibility, play. or you know, you're a leader? I can tell that big time. You lead without saying a whole lot. But when somebody's down, there was a dropped pass in the game, as we know. Big big pay, big play. Do you feel your responsibility to go over and say something to them, or what would you do? I'd just say we just go over there as a group. We just always have up spirits for everybody. We just lift each other up. Someone makes a bad play, move on from the next play. The next one comes, make the play. We doesn't, like, hold you down to a decision you made or a mistake you made. So let's talk about working with other quarterbacks. So you prepare, did you prepare most of, of training camp to catch a ball from Cam, thinking that he was coming back? And then how was it different? And I'm trying to ask questions that all the fans want to know. So all of a sudden you got 16, all of a sudden you got 13, all of a sudden you got a different spin on the ball, all of a sudden you got a different cadence. 
How do you adjust when they're putting in a different quarterback every other play? Uh, we just trust in all our quarterbacks. They all go out to practice and prepare like they're all the starters. So it's like when they come on the field, they have a demeanor of taking over the team, taking over the huddle when they say to play. And they just lead us in the right direction. We follow them and hoping they make the right decision for us. So you just taught us to be prepared. You never know when your number's going to be called. you got to be sure. ready to go. Next man up. Okay, so how do you deal with a game like Vele? Great young man. I had him on the podcast. He's got some skills. He's got some talent. They didn't even throw it to him on Saturday night. So let's just play that game for a second. Do you go talk to the quarterback? Do you go talk to the coach? What do you say? Uh, it's not really much, too much to <clears> say. If we win the game, we win the game. We lose the game, we lose the game. So, like, we just go on to the next thing. Like, this game's over with. We're not even worried about this game no more. We're Absolutely. on to Baylor. Yeah. But still, you know, we gotta we got to get some playing time. You know, when you make it to the NFL, as you know, the first contract's four years. It's minimum based on what number you were taking in the draft. So you got to have some playing time in order to get your second contract where you make the big money. So we still need playing time. We still need that. So how do you... How do you deal with that? You seem so humble. You're such a team guy. Just You're overwhelming me with your humility, man. It's great. Now, would you ever, I mean, if you go two games and they never even throw it your way, what do you do? How do you recover? Uh, I've been a part of it. Um, I played last year not getting the ball. So, like, it's it's not a big deal. You just, like, when your opportunities come, you make your opportunities count. So, like, when, as a receiver, you just, you can't just focus on how many catches you got. It's just. When the ball coming your way, you have to make your opportunities count. Absolutely. So any any secrets of getting open on a man-to-man coverage, like you run for one shoulder, you like you said, you have a speed, you use your speed, and you come off the ball fast, but what do you do? Come on, give us some secrets. And hopefully there's a Baylor cornerback listening in right now. There's really no secret. You just react off the corner. What are you trying to do, get him to – Get him to cross his legs so you can make a move and he falls over. What are you doing? Come on, teach us. There's <laughs> got to be some secrets here. No secret to it. It's whatever route you run and you want to get inside, outside of him. Not too much else. Never head up. You want him to commit running with you, and then that's when you get the separation when you make your cut. Come on, baby. This podcast episode is sponsored by Strong Auto Group one of the strongest supporters of University of Utah student-athletes. Okay, so uh, I need you to look in the camera without me and just say to every young man out there, why should they consider coming to the University of Utah to play ball? Come to University of Utah to play football. We win football games. We win championships. Drop the mic, man. Man, many, man, a few words. You can't say it any better than that, man. So here we have Money Parks. How cool is that name? I love it. I know. My gosh. And just on behalf of all the fans on the east side of the stadium, anywhere where we sit, you are just so well-respected. It is so fun to watch you. And I had fun because of my background watching what you did when you didn't get a pass and you go full speed every time I congratulate you on that and maybe you get the word out that people are watching everybody and we're just so proud of you it's been an honor to have you on my program because of who you are 
when you're not in the limelight, who you are when you're not getting the ball, who you are on every play. It was awesome, bro. I am so good. I'm so, so proud of you. I'm proud to be you. This is Dan Clark, Power Plays with Dan Clark. And my guest has been the amazing uh, Money Parks. If you're in the NIL world, name, image, and likeness, let's help this young man out. Let's make sure that he understands that we don't just say, good job, my friend, we're so proud of you, that we step up and uh, let our money talk a little bit in this day and age where we support him, which supports his family and keeps his dream alive to be that NFL star that he's been wanting to be since he was probably six months old. You don't remember, but I bet your dad would tell us. God bless us. Go Utes. The views and opinions expressed on the Power Players podcast do not necessarily reflect those of KUTV or Sinclair Broadcast Group.